Hello everyone and welcome to the 12th episode of The Video Game Speak. This is a new thing we're trying right now with having both a video and an audio version. So check it out, check us out on YouTube and hey, maybe we'll continue doing this. Also, I just want to say I have my windows open today, so if you can hear cars and such, that's why. But uh, the weather is both hot and cold, you know, you have to make sure that you have good um, wind flow in your apartment. Isn't that right, Hui? Yeah, except I don't have the, uh, but I don't know, I just, I, like, I'm, I'm trying to be better at uh, getting some air through my room, but, like, but honestly, like, like, I only, like, it's just me in, in, in this room, so I don't really mind it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it gets cold, no? That's like that's like the one reason why we like flat out refuse to do it, I guess. <laughs> At least for my sake. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I know I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotta gotta be better at it. Unless you know what the cool thing about the cold is when you think about it. What is it? You can stay home and play video games. Wait, what have you been playing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I've been playing um, same old, same old, but the first one is that I want to talk about. And because, like, I first of all, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I've platinumed the game. Um, so. You platinum Valhalla, you said? Yeah, platinum, yeah, platinum. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's, get a, let's get a clap for who you're going. I, has, I have such a love and hate relationship with Assassin's Creed because. I like the series. I like the, especially how they kind of uh, reinvented the Nordic gods and like the, the mythology. Yeah, uh, that's really interesting. Um, the game is still too big. I don't know why they keep making these enormous games. Uh, like uh, some very quick pointers. I like overall very cool game, but as I told you last time, the side quest, the how, the way they have implemented the the side quest this time is very cool and very urgent but it also makes up like it also makes a lot of chances for misunderstandings like if you don't listen to the person that you're talking to because you may be listening to a podcast like this one or doing something else there's no way for you to to go back and see what they said hmm. you know? so so it's just like he, he might have said you hey uh, please go around this corner and pick me up an apple and if you didn't get that too bad there's Honestly, no way to try as well. That doesn't sound like a criticism to me, though. That sounds amazing. Okay, but I don't know. I just, for <laughs> me, it's just, it's just very frustrating uh, sometimes uh, because sometimes I just didn't listen, but I just can't go back. The other thing is that the combat only feels good after like 30 plus hours. What do you, you mean know, by like, that? Because like in the beginning, it's very slow, very simple. And, and and it's very RPG influenced, so it's all about level and, and and all that. And you have like very limited options at the beginning of the game, and it's first when you put, get like new skills, acquire new skills, that the combat uh, starts to get interesting. And that's after like thirty plus hours, and and, and that's mm. just why. Uh, and and then the last thing is that somehow like since the Assassin's Creed Origins, they somehow like this. I don't know why, but they just decided to nerf the parkour uh, mechanics in the game. Like, just kind of become like, uh, like, like it's very similar to Zelda Breath of the Wild. Like, you can climb everything basically, but there's like no uh, uh, choice in it. Like in 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 Unity, Assassin's Creed Unity, the one in French Revolution, it's it's so more dynamic, and you have a lot more choices to to kind of express how you want to traverse the environment. In this one, you just press. 
uh, yeah, you just do just press one button and then it's very automatic. And I hate that. Yeah, it's funny to me how like the series almost has changed genres when you think about it, because like looking yeah. at Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. It's funny, like you compare them to the old Assassin's Creed, but the only thing they share in common is the lore and the name, because they're so different. Like, yeah. it's funny because like you, the critique you come with should be like, like it's a legitimate criticism uh, of the parkour, but at the same time, I can't help but going, but it's not that kind of game. But it's funny, it should be, but it isn't because of the name. Yeah, yeah. That's at least yeah, like a thought I, I have regarding that, because. The parkour is like such a central element, which made sense in the older games because you were exploring vast, big, open cities, like Paris, like London, like uh, like in the Middle East. You go to Jerusalem, for example, in the first game, and yeah. Venice in the second game, and Rome in the in Brotherhood, and so on and so forth. And this one, it is like a big open space. And when you think about it, like, there's there are multiple reasons why it makes sense also for them to just go this route. Because one, it's easier to make big open spaces than big cities. It's also easy on the consoles uh, to be able to run that. Uh, as we can see what happened with Cyberpunk when you try to make like this <laughs> huge open city the way they did it. Yeah. At the same time, I kind of wish they kind of changed names. Uh, and just like kept like kept in the lore but like kind of acknowledged the fact that this is a different series now it's not the ss creed that we used to yeah yeah it really isn't it's it's really more about using the the, the franchise name uh, to be able to explore different timelines you know different yeah. historic timelines but that's kind of the cool thing, I feel like, in the last three ones as well, because they kind of move away from, like, okay, they still have, don't misunderstand me, they still have, like, history, but it's almost as if mythology has taken over as, like, the main point. Like, it's become a mythology series, almost. Yeah. Like, in Odyssey, yeah. you're fighting fucking Minotaurs, and in this one, you're going to Asgard. Yes, yeah. But so, yeah. Um, we'll see, like, I'm... I'm... And also... <laughs> Spoiler, I know I can't, like it's too, but another complaint I have with the game is that in cities you are able, sometimes you are able to collect some kind of uh, paper things mm. which uh, unlocks the new kind of tattoo patterns. Yeah. And the way that you acquire these, maybe you've seen uh, seen it, but the way you acquire these is that you have to uh, kind of do like a parkour course, you have to chase. Oh, just like in Black Flag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or but, was but... it free? It doesn't matter, but yeah, sorry. But the problem is that the parkour is so sluggish, you know, like it would be cool if I could somehow, you know, actually um, kind of catch up with the paper. But most of the times it's just you just have to follow the route. You can't really go faster. Sometimes they will actually wait for you, you know. Mm. So it's just like waste of time, in my opinion. It's mm. uh, like the, the parkour is so mindless at, at this point, you know, and it's more frustrating because it's also un very unprecise. It's just a massive game and a lot of really, I don't know, for me, very weird design decisions, honestly. It, it sounds... Still big, but still. Yeah, it sounds to me almost as if... Uh, it's funny to me what you're saying is like, it sounds like there are two conflicting philosophies that are at work here at this game. Because you almost said it in the beginning that for you, SS Creed is a podcast game now. Like, you put it on and you listen to a podcast while you're yeah, playing. Yeah, I do. Um, but at the same time, 
And then you're talking about okay, the gameplay can like can be mindless and that can be an issue, but at the same time you were also complaining earlier about like if you're not paying attention you can miss out on side quests. And for me that's such that's so interesting to me, honestly. How like these two almost philosophies of okay, you need to pay extra attention to what it is that's going on on screen right now, else you can continue. But at the same time, a lot of our parkour stuff, you can just run by it and be like, okay, I've done that. Let's move on. <laughs> Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Like when I say it like that, yeah, like it's I, as yeah. if there are two conflicting stories here, almost in the way that you're presenting it to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's just some some things just works. Uh, I think really well with, with how I play, and other things just I don't know. I've just always been a fan of the series because of like definitely parkour aspect, which was just a important part. It just seems like it's been taking us a uh, uh, backseat in in, mm. in this one. Uh, and yeah, it's gonna take a bit, even bigger backseat in the next one. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's Assassin's Creed. Uh, the other games that. Wait, I, before that, you move on, before you move on, yeah, I actually sure. want to discuss something further with you regarding this, because oh. you were talking about how okay, uh, yeah, how like the game has changed. This is the series now, but they do have that yeah. other game out right now. Um, Phoenix Immortals Rising. What a perfect name. Yes. The worst <laughs> game name ever. Yeah. And in yep. that game, at least, um, you can tell that they're trying to... That, that game is mim mimicking uh, Phoenix and all... Uh, sorry, it's mimicking Breath of the Wild even more than yep. other games. Like, I've yep. always heard the, the term like, oh, it's almost like Breath of the Wild and half of the time. It's mm -hmm. not. <laughs> but in this one, like, I can tell like where the inspiration is from. I tried the Stadia demo like for a little while just to see what it was about. And... For me, it seems like, okay, they're at least testing new waters. Do you think that Phoenix Immortals Rising could be that open world podcast game that you're talking about? Do you think that's going to be that? And maybe we're going to see a return to form for Assassin's Creed? Just like speculation. No, yeah, I definitely. An, an, an excellent question because like, I have actually been thinking about that. Uh, Phoenix. What is, what's the name? Uh, Phoenix, Phoenix Immortals Rising. Phoenix Immortal Rising, still a yeah. bad name. Yeah, it's very clear, and I haven't played it, but I'm definitely planning on trying the demo, which is out now on PlayStation Five. I have a, I have this hunch that the game is based on the same uh, engine as Assassin's Creed, so I think like the uh, walking animation, the climbing animation, is straight out of uh, Assassin's Creed, and I, and I have a suspicion that a lot of the assets are also like. The landscape assets are from Assassin's Creed, and then they build upon on, upon that. It's just what it looks like. Also, the combat. But yeah, just back to the question. I definitely think, I hope at least that Phoenix will be the series where Ubisoft can do that, like the mindless uh, open world ga game where you don't have to pay too much attention and kind of take Assassin's Assassin's Creed back to its roots. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't mind like the RPG thing. Just make the map place smaller the next time. And, and definitely have a more um, engaging parkour system for once. And of course, there's like a lot of other things. Uh, uh, but yeah, I really hope the Assassin's Creed will go back to its roots. Yeah. Really. Because uh, for me, at least, uh, I kind of want to see Assassin's Creed return back to form like as it used to. And it's not like Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, all three aren't bad games. Like, yeah, not all. I've only played Origins and Odyssey. I have Valhalla. Uh, well, Johanna has it. I bought it for her, and she she enjoyed it. Like she enjoys these games yeah. a lot. Like she platinumed all three of them. Um, 
But at the same time, like it, for me, it, it was for me it was such a weird choice when you think about it. Because look at what Ubisoft did up until like right before the release of uh, sorry, right before Christmas. Because they released Phoenix Evolves Rising open world mm-hmm. RPG. They released yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla open world RPG, and then they released Watch Dogs Legion open world action game. Yeah, well, yeah. In the city, like that—that's mm-hmm. their thing. They love doing open world games, and I hope like they can differentiate them more. Sorry, and they can differentiate them more. But as far as I can see, I think one of the main issues like I've heard with uh, Phoenix Evolves Rising is the fact that it's trying too hard to mimic Breath of the Wild, and mm-hmm. like one of the like the reason why your weapons, for example, break in Breath of the Wild is because it encourages you to keep exploring because you you have a need to explore. But when you have a good yeah. weapon, you don't need to explore anymore. That's like yeah. one of the things I've heard like criticism of Immortals. But some people are like, I didn't like the weapon breakage. That's why I love Immortals. <laughs> For me, the weapon breakage is like a central point of playing Breath of the Wild. Removing it kind of removes the purpose of having. Yeah, and, and just if you want to ask for my opinion, it's definitely like I, I don't like the the break uh, weapon breaking in, in Breath of the Wild. I understand the design f- philosophy. I just... I'm also, I'm always like a horror when I play you know games like mm. Last of Us right you know I never use the grenades I always like save them for some boss in the future yeah and that's like why it's intelligent game design though because it's forcing you to not think like that it's forcing you to go in another direction and being like okay I have this sword I have to use it now because it's gonna break regardless I'll find something better yeah. later on I wonder what's in this cave oh it's a flame sword great now I have a flame sword. Just I don't saying, know, I, it's... Was like I never. I just I was afraid that I wouldn't find anything better that I had. But you, so I never yeah. used my good weapons. So I will always use like enemies weapons, you know, or you know, uh, maybe uh, decent weapons, you know. Never like the master sword. Never, because like I didn't knew that what would happen when you break it. I know what happens now, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's. Um, I mean, we could we could speak if you want. To, we could do an <laughs> entire episode just talking about Breath of the Wild, and I'll tell you why it's one of the most, if not the most, amazing game ever created. <laughs> I, so yeah, just, just first of all, I agree it's a special, a very special game, Breath of the Wild. But I'm definitely sure we could have like an interesting episode where we just kind of argue and just discuss, have a nice, cool discussion about. Our different opinions yeah. regarding the game and keep it cool. Sure. <laughs> keep it cool, of course. Yeah. Keep it cool. Keep it cool. So sorry, you were talking about another game you've been playing as well. Yeah, just very quick. Um, I'm still been playing Persona Five Royale. What an amazing game! And uh, yeah, I, once again, like all the characters are so likable. I like all of them. It's it's really like spending uh, time with real friends in real life. It's so weird to say, mm. uh, but for me, it's true. And and I I, I did beat the first the original persona 5 so this is like you know seeing good like uh, catching up with uh, old friends again yeah it's uh it's it's, it's amazing and and yeah and i know that you like you played up the game yeah. as well and yeah it's amazing that they have like a lot of they introduce a lot of small life quality fixes uh from the old one so it's um it's just amazing but that's just what i've been playing oh yeah and it's also like persona 5 royale is like that it, it is what persona 5 should have been and persona 5 is still a fucking fantastic game like oh yeah it didn't even yes. need those fixes but i feel like especially the pacing of the game is way better now because it's crazy mm. to me how like they've added an entirely new like semester with a new dungeon and shit and still <laughs> yeah. i finished it quicker than i finished the original persona 5 because the pacing is just faster now yeah that's what i heard as well you can tell when you play the dungeons like they've removed parts of the dungeons that were boring 
and that's why it's yeah, faster yeah. like one of the reasons why it's faster at least yeah. Uh, yeah and just like the dungeons are more fun now because i feel like going from you've played persona 4 as well right no i haven't or persona 3 for that matter no okay persona 3 and 4 are basically the what's it called the the dungeon that's in the railroad remind me what's it called uh, mementos mementos thank you yeah. yeah that's basically how the entirely of both games were like legitimately persona <laughs> persona freeze dungeon is called tyrus and it's the opposite of mementos because you're going up instead of down <laughs> mm. that's the entire that's the only dungeon there is in the game in persona 4 there are dungeons separated kind of like persona 5 but they're randomized in the same way that mementos is so oh now we're gonna go down a level and we're gonna go down oh it's level 10 here's a mini bus oh it's level 15 here's the bus and plot line over so it, it's, it was yeah. kind of more snappy and i feel like on one hand creating like handcrafting these dungeons is a good idea but you could tell that they might have needed more practice with it i feel like they perfected it with royal creating like these intricate dungeons that are also are evenly paced yeah yeah and also like the best like uh, persona 5 have uh, in my opinion the best turn-based uh, game system i've yes. ever played yes i mean it's i'm not just... gonna argue with you there <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just i don't know it's it's amazing and i hate that i usually don't like traditional jrpgs but just this this uh, system in persona 5 there's something special about it man it just flows the music everything yeah it flows it's fast and also like there's almost like a rhythm element to it when you know what you're yeah, doing because exactly. it's really uh, quickly go in you know what weaknesses to use now you use the weakness you do all the out attack you switch out and it almost becomes like a dance and i think that's why it works because like it's so up tempo and you're doing yeah. like strategies on the fly but i feel like also like not having an actual menu helps the game because you're pressing buttons yeah it's like okay attack you go oh skills when you go into skills yeah you have a small menu with what skills you're going to use mm -hmm. but other than that it's quickly it's snappy i feel like that's why it's it just works especially mm -hmm. for modern times like and i kind of wish i've talked about this before on the show i really want to see more um jrpgs be inspired by the system of having like small fast-paced turn-based combat because there is a place for turn-based combat still and i'm sad seeing going away and i'm glad that atlas is at least still holding on and yeah the same can be said for sega but i'll talk about that later <laughs> unless you have anything more you want to add for persona no that was pretty much it's like just if you haven't played persona play persona 5 royale it's yeah it's a and skip the game. original like go straight yeah, for royale yeah yeah. But that being said, if you don't want to spend money, I know that like Persona Five the original is part of the PS Plus collection on PS Five, so yes, you can play it yeah, there as well. That's right. Yeah. Yes, I've been playing Yakuza again, uh, like a dragon. Speaking of turn-based games, uh, oh, I, I took, the new one. Yeah, I took a break from it actually when Cyberpunk came out, and yeah, speaking of Cyberpunk, I'm still playing it for some fucking reason. Like, it's that mindless uh, podcast game you talked about. Except I don't I listen to podcasts while playing it. I just oh. shut off my brain and just go for it. I've, I've beat every single side mission there is in the game. Every single police That's a lot, right? I've done everything. Oh. Oh I've God. done everything. And still, like, there are a few, like, fun secrets you can still find. And I really like the game. It's like, we talked about this a lot. So I'm not going to go through the motions. But it's like, it's a game that could have been so much more. And you can tell while playing it. That's all I've got to say. Mm. <laughs> no but I, yeah i returned a bit to yakuza like a dragon 
having fun with it. Uh, I'm in chapter 5 right now and for me at least, speaking of turn-based combat systems, I feel like this one could have been a better combat system though. Mm. It's not like... I, it reminds me a bit of how the combat system is in Persona. You can tell they're inspired by Persona while you're playing it. With the bond system and you have also like social stats like in Persona 5. Mm. And like it is mm. a lot like Persona except it's not as snappy and I feel like that creates a problem. And one of the yeah. issues I have with the combat system is you have these area of effect attacks, for example, right? And you can't move and coordinate where your characters stand in battle. So they'll be just like walking around the battlefield, taunting you, doing shit. And then you press, okay, I'm going to use this charge attack, which attacks in a straight line and uh, beats down enemies in a line. But sometimes the enemies would just be walking around and while you figure out which ability to use, they've left. Mm. So you've only hit one person. And it's, what? yeah, and it's kind of annoying. So it kind of forces you to be fast sometimes. Yeah. But it's not fast in the same way like with Persona, because Persona, it pauses the game while you're choosing. You, exactly. you, you're not in a hurry. Sometimes no. it feels like I'm in a hurry and not in a good way. Yeah, I think yeah. that's my issue with the game. But the story, great. Like I'm very much interested in where it's going. Yeah, I heard yeah. like the main character is pretty interesting. Like, I love him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't uh, wait to play the game. You haven't touched it yet, right? No, I'm waiting for the PS5 yeah. version. Uh, I think it's gonna be out in March or something. Yeah, I believe they said March. Yeah. 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 They had like such a weird, like, like a weird uh, deal with <laughs> Xbox. Yeah, we talked about this. Like, yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> nobody buys a series X for Yakuza. Like, yeah. that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it seems like they have a good relationship with Microsoft because, like, on Games oh. Pass PC at least, Yakuza Zero to Five are on Games Pass right now. Hmm. Uh, oh. And I think in March. Yakuza is going to join Games Pass as well. Like when the exclusivity ends, it's going to go on Games Pass. And I think they're trying to get, like, I think the plan is to have the entirety of the Yakuza series on Games Pass. So you can just play it from one into the other. So I that might stream that at some point, me just playing for the Yakuza games. That, that sounds like a stream game to me, at least. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, I've been playing Hitman with Johanna. We've been streaming it, actually. The first one, because I got it free oh, off okay. Epic Game Store. And it's yeah. gonna, so we've been and we've been playing those uh, on twitch.tv slash and uh, whenever we finish like a mission we yeah continue so we play two missions at a time and the plan is to play hitman 2 and 3 as well uh, later so that's been a ton of fun so it's basically just us screaming at each other trying to figure out what where how when how should we do this and hitman is great like it's such yeah. a great puzzle game, and that's why I like it. It's not an action game. It's a you you can play it as an action game, but why would you do that? Yeah, yeah, because it's a bad action game, but it's a good puzzle game. Like it's a freaking amazing puzzle game. And lastly, I've always beat Sekiro now. Shadows uh, died twice. And have you played Sekiro? No, not yet. Uh, not yet. No. So, yeah. The PS5 version runs on a locked 60 frames per second uh, through backwards compatibility. If I'm not missed, yeah, it does, it does, uh, and it should be played like that. I've been playing it on my PC, and I've been streaming that game as well. Uh, Sekiro, uh, I'm yeah, as I said, at the final boss right now. I've almost beat it, and that game has probably one of the most, if not the most, amazing parry system I've ever encountered in a game. It has tons of issues, like the what's it called, the uh, the exploration 
it's pretty linear like compared to from software games like there aren't a lot of optional bosses i think there are two optional bosses in the whole game well normally like in bloodborne half the bosses are <laughs> optional for example um, and it has like this platforming aspect with the uh, where you can like use your arm to like swing around like spider-man almost and i don't know it just isn't quite there like sometimes i would make mistakes and i felt like it was the game and not me but yeah. as soon as you go into the boss fights and the mini boss fights that's when the game just shifts kiss honestly and it takes time to click but like uh, as soon as it clicks you can do you just feel like a fucking superhero because parrying is so precise and you have the sweeps where you have to jump and sometimes you have to dodge so you have like three ways of defense that you have to use you're forced to use all three mm -hmm. if you don't parry you can't beat the game if you don't dodge you can't beat the game and if you don't jump you can't beat the game you have to use all three comparatively to like the other from software games i've played i think this this starts as the toughest one but i had to like unlearn what i've learned from bloodborne and as soon mm. as i unlearned that i started learning this isn't bloodborne this isn't dark souls this is secure it started to click for me that being said because your character is so strong uh, it kind of plays off more as a uh, it, it is an action game action adventure game and not an rpg like the other one like the other one definitely rpgs as much as action this yeah. one is straight up action adventure like you do get upgrades but not in the same way mm -hmm. i wholeheartedly recommend it for the not faint of heart because it is difficult though like i've almost okay. smashed my controller uh, in the beginning especially because no. but as soon as you learn the game it's actually i won't call it easy but it's playable like you can play and you understand what you're doing like every time i've died i've been like it's my fault i should have seen yeah. that attack coming i should have learned that uh, animation or whatever yeah and that's what form software so, uh, are so good at right they, yeah they know how to design games where you don't feel like you're cheated yeah most of the time, most of the time. <laughs> sometimes they yeah. have some cheap shit yeah, sometimes but... they, yeah exactly <laughs> they, they do some they use some cheap uh, cheap tricks sometimes yeah. for sure i just have to ask uh, is there any kind stamina system in no nope. no stamina oh, system that's... you can run around like a madman you can parry as nice. but there is a here's the thing there is like this uh, what do you call resolve system where you have yeah. resolve like how much you can parry because if you keep like holding on the block button and just parrying okay mm -hmm. there's a perfect parry that means if you parry at the same exact moment a hit lands that doesn't take resolve so you can keep doing that and actually that fucks that their resolve up because they're like mm -hmm. getting pushed back but if you keep holding out, just blocking the attacks, sooner yep. or later they're gonna break through your defense and then gonna kill you, and you can you can die like you could get one shotted if you're not careful, a lot of the times. And that's like how the system is like uh, how the system works. That you have this resolve system and it just works. That's the thing. Um, so you're kind of careful like okay, I can see my resolve is going down. I'm gonna back away. Okay, I'm ready for yeah. more. So it's. Yeah kind of like the stamina system but not not quite like it encourages you to keep pressing on and keep running away keep jumping like you don't like stand still so yeah again, i should definitely check it out some, at some point and also it won the, the game of the year in 2019 something yeah 19 which yeah. is crazy yeah and understandably so it's a fantastic game and it, it has like a linear storyline so it's it's actually easier to follow like it's very much the most accessible from software game almost if you ask mm. me like i would almost say start with this one I, I keep hearing people saying it's more difficult than dark souls and bloodborne and i would say honestly this one is easier and by easier i mean 
There's one system. There's the katana. That's it. You're not going around picking up new weapons. You're not getting great swords and shields. And you have the katana. Master it. That's mm-hmm. it. I think mm-hmm. that actually makes the game more accessible. Um, yeah. It's still difficult as hell, though. I'm not saying it's not difficult, but it's more accessible. Like it's easier yeah. to get into, and I would recommend it to everyone who just mildly interested in trying something like different, more difficult, and also trying something with a very good like fighting system. Like the only other game that has a better fighting system is still Devil May Cry. So, yeah. Okay, it's that good. All right. Yeah, it's okay. that good. It's so tight. Well. Like uh, I've been surprised by the thing. I yeah, have... like I'm definitely looking into it yeah. at some point. Uh, but I'm, I'm right right now. I'm still playing uh, Demon Souls mm. uh, on PS Five. Uh, well, not really, because like I have to finish Persona Five. Yeah. Because I'm like in the flow, right? But uh, Demon Souls is also pretty uh, incredible game, but it's so difficult. Like yeah. I don't, I'm not a big player of the Souls game, so for me, it's uh, like I, I did beat Bloodborne, which mm. is amazing. But Demon Souls is just—it's—it's it's like the first one of the Souls game, and yeah. it's very clearly, uh, like, um, yeah, it's—it's uh, just gonna beat that, and then I'm, I'm gonna try and. It's—it's it's funny so, actually. I was talking to one of my friends, uh, Hugo, who is—who is the reason why I bought Seeker actually, and I just did a whole Bloodborne stream with him. We beat Bloodborne in like ten hours with all the bosses, so we oh, just wow. like, uh, and DLC for that matter, we just like straight went through the game co-op together uh, on stream and it was like ton of fun he's a big from software fan like he's platinumed every single one uh, from like demon souls on ps5 to yeah <laughs> to zero and oh. i was talking to him and he was like talking about like demon souls specifically uh, he talked about how for him at least mm-hmm. it wasn't like he felt like it was almost like the easiest from software game because he was like it's it's so slow like you can see attack coming from a mile away i feel like maybe coming from a game like Sekiro that kind of maybe changes your perspective because Sekiro is lightning fast literally sometimes they throw lightning at you lightning fast so i feel like maybe that kind of changes perspective when you played some of the others and you go back and like hmm i know the mm. tricks that they have up their sleeve in this game i'm gonna play it if i ever get a ps5 like the plan is to get one at some point but not right now yeah. Also, it's impossible to. Yeah, I've heard that they're gonna get yeah. stuck in February. I just saw that. Uh, yeah, in Denmark at least, I saw yeah. they're gonna be some yeah. stuck in February, but they're gonna be sold out like this, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One last game I want to talk about before we move yeah, on. Yeah, go for it. Um. Yeah. I play. I was over at my friend Manus, friend of the show, house uh, apartment, and he showed me his PS5 because finally I've tried the PS5. Great controller, okay. first and foremost. I played a bit yeah. of Astro's Playroom. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed that. But uh, the, the game we actually like played was the Resident Evil 8 demo. The Maiden Ooh. demo. I've tried that at his place. It's very short. It's like 10 minutes. It's super duper short. Uh, very spooky. And, oh, I'm so excited for that game, man. Like... Like you should try the demo, and I know like you're not into like horror games. It's you you can handle it. Let me see it. Let me say it like that. You can handle it. It's not like the scariest thing ever. It's more atmospheric than jump scary scary. Like don't really like jump scares in it, but it really gives like an idea of what to expect from the full game. Except that the full mm-hmm. game is gonna be more action oriented. Actually, they talked about how they've drawn inspiration from uh, Resident Evil Four. 
So it's going to be like a mix of horror and action like Resident Evil is known for. So I'm very much looking forward to Village. Like, oh my god, that demo and big giant witch lady uh, chokes you. It's amazing. Like, what's there not to like? <laughs> I actually have to add that I'm actually planning on playing the demo tomorrow. Uh, oh. That will uh, come by and actually check out my PS5 as well. Yeah. So it's kind of yours' situation. And uh, yeah, um, I just downloaded it for him. Like, I don't, yeah. as you know, I don't like horror games. It was yeah, the so same for him with me, actually. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna look forward to hear what you think about it, cause and if it's like it piques your interest to actually try Village, cause the last showcase they showed, great. Like I'm super looking forward to it, especially after the showcase, cause that game seems like it's gonna be phenomenal. And Capcom's Resident Evil series just have cool level design. And mm. I'm glad to see like the whole manor thing is back just with a castle this time that you gotta roam <laughs> around in and backtrack through and I just like it. I just love it so much. Uh, more level design please is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. We played a lot of shit man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the reason why like I've tried to like we were supposed to record this earlier, but I've actually had <laughs> issues with my PC and apparently I've had some RGB software that's but almost like broke broke my PC. <laughs> so I would have stuttering and crashes and I've like reinstalled Windows three times and I've done so much shit. And then one day I just realized like some of the RGB lighting was lagging with the computer and just deleted the software and just run, been running great ever since. Hmm. Uh, had a few stutters today, but nothing major. Uh, we've been able to record so far, so. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's just Moving. one of the, the many pain points of having a PC, I guess. You yeah, know, just yeah. Maintain the big, uh, the big boy. Yeah. yeah, I gotta maintain the big boy. No, I'm gonna get some upgrades for it still. Like, I'm, I'm gonna get a new cooler at some point. I'm gonna get more cooling in general. It's fun. Mm. It's a fun project. Anyways, let's move on to the main topic. We've talked for 30 minutes now, which is great. And awesome. we can continue talking, nice. but I really yes. want to talk about what's going on right now. And the world of Star Wars, because oh, you know yeah. me, man. I, I fucking love Star Wars. And EA, they don't have the exclusive rights to Star Wars anymore, which is fantastic news. Yes, definitely. Hui, Ubisoft is making a Star Wars game. Ubisoft Massive, their Massive team specifically, which are known for the not Detroit Division series. Sorry, yes, there's nothing yeah. called the Detroit series. <laughs> the Division no. series. No. Give me your yeah. take. Give me your take. Yeah, I'm just as you just mentioned. Very good news that not only EA are able to or allowed to uh, publish or design Star Wars games. I think that's going to be very interesting because we know so many talented uh, game studios around the world. So it's going to be very interesting to to see what they're going to do with it. And the first one that we just announced was uh, Massive Entertainment from Ubisoft, as you just said, like are known for Division One and Two. I'm I'm very curious, like. It seems like it's very early in the development. Oh yeah, <laughs> clearly. But um, yeah, I like I haven't been playing Division Two that much, but just a little bit, like the open beta, and I think they they know something about how to create very uh, satisfying third-person sh- shooting. So mm. I would imagine that they could do something in the same vein, like maybe uh, you will follow a bounty hunt or something, uh, or like. But honestly, like. As long as it's like, as long as it's not going to be like a live service game, I'm I'm satisfied. I'm all in. And that's my that, biggest that's, fear. 
You just said yeah. what my biggest fear is. Live, uh, live yeah, service just game. Don't, don't, don't live service this, this chance, please. Yeah. Oh. For me, at least, if we had like lots of Star Wars games, I wouldn't mind one of them being a live service game because it makes totally sense to have one, honestly, because it's a universe mm-hmm. that you want to live and breathe in. For me, yeah. at least, they've been like, EA has like almost ruined the idea of having like a live service game. And it's so sad because when you think about Battlefront 2, it's a fantastic game now. Battlefront 2 is fucking great. I love that game so much. It just works now. So many characters and skins and game modes and it's just so cool to play. Sadly, that's not how it released. And I feel yeah. like people still have that bad taste in their mouth from Battlefront 2 specifically. Because Battlefront 1 released and it was like, hmm, it's fine. Sorry, <laughs> it's fine. Battlefront 2 gave everyone a bad taste in their mouth. And what? And it's so sad when you think about they followed it up with Jedi Fallen Order. Fantastic game. I don't care what anyone says. Fantastic game. It is. I, and, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Squadron. Now, I haven't played Star Wars Squadron because I'm Thank not you. the biggest flying fan. But as far as uh, I can see, like other than a, a bit of a lackluster single-player mode, it's actually a very fun like space shooter game. Like It works. It does what it sets out to be. So yeah. it's, it seems to me like as if EA finally cracked the code of how to do Star Wars games and now they've lost the license. Or well, not lost license, they're still going to do games. And that's yeah, exactly. and that's the fun part. Like, I want more Jedi Fallen Order. Like, I want to see what Cal Kestis' journey takes him next, for example. And I'm glad they're going to continue doing those games. Like, I believe they already teased Battlefront 3, actually. They're going to do another Battlefront mm. game. But at the same time, we can see, like, other studios uh, latching onto it. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, like, um, so I want to talk about, like, st- first of all, I want to actually ask you, like, your experience with Star Wars, is it just the movies or are you part of, like, the extended universe as well? No, just the movies, man. Just the movies. Just, so just, just, like, the, yeah, the mainstream, uh, the nine movies. Yeah. Know. So the nine movies yeah. and the spin-off movies, I assume, yeah, as well. Yeah, Rogue also, One yeah. and Solo. So you haven't also, watched... Uh, sorry? Uh, I also watched like the the Mandalor- Mandalorian. Yeah, the Mandalorian show. Yeah, yeah, amazing yes. show by the way. <laughs> yes. So yeah. okay, you haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels. Uh, maybe first the first season of Rebels actually. And then yeah. I stopped for some reason. Yeah, maybe because the first season is a bit, eh, and then it just it's just amazing from season two. But the first season isn't that good. <laughs> it's yeah, so I mean, weird. I think that's why. Yeah. yeah, that show like I just finished Rebels actually uh, for the first time. Uh, Season 4 made me cry, like legitimately tears in my eyes. Uh, amazing show. Um, yeah, my point was just like, just to know, like, because I've watched Clone Wars, Rebels. I've uh, I read the books, I read the comics. Like, I'm so into this universe. So for me, like, I would like to... Well, a cool thing about Star Wars for me, at least, and something I don't hope that they do is I hope they don't make games based on the characters we know. I don't want to see a Mandalorian game starring Jin Jaren, for example. I don't want to see that. Mm. If they're going to do like a bounty hunter game, create a new bounty hunter. There are so many bounty hunters in this universe alone that would be so great to introduce like uh, another Mandalorian, maybe, or someone who isn't even a Mandalorian. Like uh, if you watch Clone Wars, they introduce so many different types of bounty hunters that that would be so cool for me to like explore more. Like the underbelly of the Star Wars universe, for example. I feel like that's what makes Jedi Fallen Order so great, that the only movie character, who's, who isn't even originally a movie character, he was actually debuted in Clone Wars, was Saw Gerrera, you know. Uh, mm. 
was his uh, name, the actor, Forrest Whitaker, his character. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. He was like the only yeah. film character. And again, he was in Clone Wars first before Rogue One. <laughs> the fact that like they used him as like the only like movie character for me just works. And I really want to see more of that, like separate it, but still keep it. Oh, there's another movie character in that game, uh, you know, Vader at the end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you wanted to play that game, you better. It's twenty twenty one. If you're a Star Wars fan and you care, you would have played that game by now. <laughs> There's no yeah. excuses. I'm just gonna. Vader turns up at the end, and it's the worst part of that game because, why? <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty surprising, and and, and just like, uh, the movie, uh, what's it, uh, Rogue One? Yeah. You know the ending scene. I think it also like the game. They managed to make him scary. No, yeah. like really like you can really feel his like how powerful he is yeah. That was pretty yeah that was also like the best part of rogue one if you ask me it was the vegan oh, yeah. scene yeah because yeah we, we can do a star wars podcast and we can talk more in depth but i don't want to because yeah, I, I, I won't yeah. stop yeah one thing i think we're gonna see though so have you heard about the high republic uh, we... uh no it, like maybe once but i don't know what it is i'll exactly. explain it very quickly then uh, okay. The High Republic is this new publishing initiative uh, from the from uh, from Lucasfilm. So they're releasing like books, they're releasing like adult novels. I just finished the first one. It just released this month. Uh, Light of the Jedi, fucking amazing book. If you want to get into reading Star Wars book, start with this one. It's so good. Anyways, it takes place like 300, 400 years before the Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. and like the only character that shows up that we know is Yoda and he shows up like as a cameo almost like he young Yoda sorry younger Yoda but younger Yoda, yeah. yeah and they're doing comics as well and again children books and young adult novels and adult novels and and it's all this like based on this new like uh, timeline that takes place before all of that where the Jedi were at the height of their power and it's so cool because it's almost like this high fantasy vibe you get from it it's almost like uh, the Knights of the Round Table Arthurian vibe you get from it. It's so cool. That universe is ripe for exploration. And we're going to see it outside of the books and publishing as well, and comics and whatnot. Because they've already, and manga. They're even doing a manga. Hui. Like, that's how much like they're focusing on High Republic and the publishing part. Yeah. But they've worked with Industrial Light and Magic to create this VR experience that you can try that takes place during the High Republic era as well. So there is like some video game aspects that they're trying to introduce. Mm-hmm. And for me, seeing that and the fact that uh, during the the Disney, what's it called? Investors meeting that was here in January, I believe as well, or maybe December, they've confirmed a bunch of new Star Wars shows. And one of them is called, uh, it's an animated sh- mini sh- series, like only eight episodes called Star Wars, the... The Acolyte, uh, which takes place at the end of the High Republic era, they said. So they're trying to expand the High Republic to shows and VR. Why not video games? Because mm. it's a playground that's not been touched by the movies. Like you can do whatever you want in this playground as, as long as it adheres to the canon established by the books. Mm. I think we're going to see the High Republic in video games at some point at least. Is that it going to be the first game? I don't know a lot about it. So yeah, it's it's brand new. Uh, like, yeah. It's brand new. The book, the first book, literally released this month in the High Republic. It's super new, mm. um, and I can again, if you want to get into reading, I can recommend Life of the Jedi. Get it from Audible. You can get it for free if you get a sign up. Get it for free. Read the audiobook. It has cool sound effects and shit. It's super cool. I've oh. read the book. Uh, 
because I just wanted it. I love reading more than listening to audiobooks. Get yeah. get on it. It's so cool. And I really, yeah. really, really think we're going to see that. That's what I want to see from Star Wars video games, like exploring things that we don't know or haven't seen and separate them from the movies because I love Luke Skywalker. I'm also so tired of Luke Skywalker. Mm. And I love him. He's like, he's my hero. But mm. what do you think? Sorry, I've been talking for a while now, but it's Star Wars, you know, I can't stop myself when it's Star Wars. Yeah, so. yeah, no, no, no worries, man. I, <laughs> yeah, as you said, I think it's, I'm, I'm also interested in, in learning more about like the, the what, New High Republic. Yeah, the High Republic. Republic, yeah. The High Republic, yeah. I, yeah, that would be interesting just to see, because as you said, Star Wars is a galaxy, right? Like it's a world, so uh, we should somehow expand. And that's why. I think there's like so much potential uh, in in terms of video games, right? Like, uh, like what kind of studios could uh, do something interesting mm. with the with the IP? And yeah, as I just wrote in, like in in our document note, mm. like The Mandalorian. Like when I watched the first episode and the first season, I was just thinking, like, why isn't this a game? Yeah, it's like, paced like a game. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's paced like side quest kind of, right? Like yeah. every episode in the first season is kind of like different side quests, like really good side quests. And I'm just like, why is why isn't anyone making this into a game for for some reason? So I I think that could be a really nice game. And for me, I think like the ideal game developer uh, just could be Guerrilla Games, the ones that made Killzone and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I think could be mm. an interesting choice at least. Also, Red Sea Project, uh, but they are not have, anymore. Like, other yeah, well. <laughs> Maybe, but they just, they just have like a lot of other things they have to fix yeah. first. Um, but definitely, Gorilla, I could see uh, could do some very uh, very interesting with the Mandalorian for, IP. I don't for know me, at do. least, like I would love to see. I won't call like I, I don't want to see like a Mandalorian like specifically Din Djarin and him because we're yeah. already seeing his journey on TV. But I would love a bounty hunter game, um, mm. starring a Mandalorian, maybe perhaps yeah. or. As, as I've said earlier, someone else, like, do a Cat Bane, like, Google Cat Bane, and just l- look at a picture of him. He's from the Clone Wars. He's oh. hilarious. He's blue, and he, he wears a cowboy hat, and he's, like, my favorite just because he has cool design. I would Cat love... Bane Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, C-A-D space uh, Bane. C-R-C-A-D. Google Cat Bane. Look at him. Doesn't this man deserve a video game? Everybody, sh- stop what you're doing if you listen when you listen to this podcast. Go Google Cat Bane and come back. C A D Bane. C Bane. Yeah. Ah, I see. Okay, cool. cool. Look yeah, at he's this like guy. some kind of cowboy. Yeah, yeah cowboy. he's a bounty hunter. Um, bounty. Oh, yeah. Yes. And he shows up in the Clone Wars animated series, and he's great. Like he's like an example of. And he's like he's a bad guy. Uh, he he isn't like a good guy. Where you can you can argue that Boba Fett is like morally gray or whatever. But having a bounty hunter, I was actually talking with Johanna about this earlier. That one of the reasons why Witcher Three works is because Geralt is a bounty hunter, essentially a bounty hunter, yeah. he's a monster hunter. Yeah. So the fact that he stops up to do side quests makes total sense for his character. Uh, mm-hmm. The same can be said for V in Cyberpunk, like. V is a mercenary. That's why they do what they do, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Having a bounty hunter in an open world game is a no-brainer. Like, mm-hmm. go out, do odd jobs, get paid, upgrade your armor. We even see in Mandalorian season one how Jen upgrades his armor. Like, it's a part yeah. of the storyline. Yeah, it would work. I think having 
some of like that's what I want to see from Ubisoft is this game actually. I so think you they would give the IP to Ubisoft. Yeah, if they have to do bounty hunting, I want to do I want it with Ubisoft because that seems to me like the perfect opportunity to do that. What you call like podcast game almost because that's what it is like yeah. doing odd jobs and upgrading and numbers game like i think that would work a lot but also like have a good story and ubisoft for all the for everything they do actually still do good stories if you ask me like i enjoy the stories of the census creek games still like they mm-hmm. do good character moments i feel like yeah. that combined with like the grindiness could work it could work i just i'm just afraid and I'm a bit worried that if you give it to ubisoft they will definitely make a great game, but I'm just afraid it will be kind of unfocused, right? You just mentioned that it, it's going to be meaningless, like a lot of grinding and just upgrading, but I want to have side quests and main quests in a, in a Star Wars game that, that are very, you know, special, you know, memorable, you know, well-written. And that's just not the case, I think, with a lot of Ubisoft games. Well, maybe if, if you're lucky, this is going to be the case this time. <laughs> no, I see, yeah. where, I see where you're yeah. coming from. And that's like a legitimate criticism of how they like sometimes oper- operate with their games. But game and even like a Jedi game would work. Yeah. Like with Jedi Fallen Order with the Zephyr, Zephyr or whatever it is that we call it. Like they introduced that old species that wielded the force. Mm. I love that sort of mm. thing. And... That's not a thing. It's fun to explore in a video game. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, uh, of course, a Jedi game would be uh, very interesting and cool, and and I think it would be interesting. I don't know why I just only named Sony, uh, PlayStation companies, but Sucker Punch. You know, like, you yeah. know just because like they just made uh, Ghost of Tsushima, so they are like experience and knowledge of. How to design a, you know, like sharp precision combat could be pretty fun in a Jedi game, I mm. think. So, yeah, maybe a bit similar to your pitch with From Software uh, making a Jedi game, but more with like Sucker Punch. So, so not as maybe as difficult, uh, but still challenging. Mm. But it's still like it has to, of course, maybe also like it have to be fast. Um, I don't know. I just I, I like I don't know what what the story should be, but I think they could do some interesting things if they if they got the chance to uh, to create a Jedi game. Yeah. Uh, also, maybe explore uh, and also honestly, I think they should do it like open world uh, a Jedi game because I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty. I'm sure I'm wrong. But a Jedi isn't like is there like their purpose isn't there like to help people go around them. Yeah, not necessarily like go around and help you, but they do actually go out like to help people. And the whole thing is to protect people. So like having for a Jedi, having cycles with someone is like, hey, Marauders uh, kidnapped my son. A Jedi would immediately go over and help. Like that's not out of character for me. It would work. For me still, I feel like the bounty hunting aspect just works better for an open world game. Where I feel like linearity just works better for Jedi. Yeah. That's just me, of course. (laughs) I think I think the last project that could be very interesting would be like some kind of Star Wars uh, RPG, and I think my pitch would be a group of let's just say four strong stormtroopers, right? Uh, and then they all have like very interesting backstory, and and just really make the storm stormtroopers like really like uh, human somehow and very relatable, and you follow this uh, uh, this group of stormtroopers in in some kind of story and. 
I don't know why, but I think it would be a very interesting challenge if you would give that pitch to Naruto, right? Like, like because they know how to write very interesting characters. And Ooh, do I have the? Something. Do I have the show for you? You should watch Star Wars Clone Wars. Do I have the show for you, man? That's exactly. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's oh, the really? clone troopers that are like the main oh. characters almost of uh, the Clone okay. Wars, and they actually do that in that show, except. Okay. Yeah, just go on. I'll, I'll comment more on your pitch. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I haven't, I haven't seen Clone Wars, but you know, just so it's just gonna be a very gritty take on stormtroopers and yeah, very character heavy and story focused uh, game, and, and give that to Naruto because like they they haven't done RPGs before, but I think that would be an interesting challenge for them to take. We have seen like dialogue choices in Uncharted Four, um, but yeah, maybe not. But of course, not the biggest or hugest, uh, biggest uh, world map, but maybe more a contained uh, world, uh, something like Lost Legacy, or mm. uh, of course a bit bigger than that. But yeah, I think that could be very interesting. Um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, you had something for me at least. If you have to do that, you're gonna fall in the in the pit that's called these guys are gonna turn to the good side by the end of the story because we already had that story in Battlefront Two with. Uh, we're following a group of stormtroopers. Oh, they realize the Empire is bad. Oh, they're good guys now. We already kind of had that story. And, uh, and, and for me, at least, the point of the stormtroopers is that they're faceless evil. Uh, and I don't want to humanize them because the whole point is like they're evil. They've done evil shit. And if, you, like, if we had to humanize them, we had the chance to do it in uh, the sequel trilogy. And yeah, it almost worked, but not quite. Um, so that for me, at least, is why like, that pitch, uh, I wouldn't buy it, but I would mm-hmm. love to see more like like trooper stories. But for me, it has to be like the good guys, it has to be rebels. Because one thing we always have to remember when we talk about Star Wars, it's for 12 year olds. And that's like always always an important point to remember, it's for kids. That's why we have mm-hmm. dolls as aliens that say, waku baku and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like doing it an, a gritty thing, it's like, it's like hiring Zack Snyder to do Justice League. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. And that's like my take, honestly. Uh, yeah. In my movie, Batman says fuck. It's like, fuck yeah. off, Zack. <laughs> yeah, that's like my point is more like Star Wars still has to have like that cartoony fun side to it as well. And mm-hmm. I, I know like Naughty Dog can do that. They've made Crash Bandicoot and Jack and Dexter, but. Yeah. And Uncharted. Like, Uncharted is goofy as hell. It doesn't take it, mm-hmm. itself seriously. But, but I feel like it's the the gritty part that, yeah, mm-hmm. that I'm kind of like I, I I wouldn't be into that honestly. I would be like, oh, yeah, no. don't take it that seriously because take it seriously as a children's show because at the end of the day that's what Star Wars is. It's for the kids and it's fun. Yeah. Uh, except if you play Ewok Hunt in uh, Battlefront Two because that's a horror game. But other than that, so yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. Uh, I should try it. Uh, yeah, it's it's hilarious. I yeah, so that's not, sorry, it's my take. And it's not like to belittle you or anything, it's just like, it's very no, no, important no. for me to always say like, Star Wars is for 12 year olds. That's why also like, the whole light side, dark side thing is so important to it. Like, I don't want a Star Wars game with a, if you had to do a Star Wars game with a morality system, you would have to do it with light side, dark side. Mm. Yeah. No, I, it's just, um, you know, from my experience, like all the, um, like, the like the Skywalker saga of mm. the movies, like, I always felt like the stormtroopers were very clean, you know, even in combat. Mm. But I, I think I think Rogue One was the first one where I think the like the artistic style was something with the stormtrooper actually being 
you could see that like the like the suit and armor is being damaged and all that. And yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting, you know. And, oh, like, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and so, 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 kind of like taking that feel and mood and kind of taking it a bit further. Maybe not to the extreme, but still, because I think, yeah, I think there's something interesting there uh, to explore. But then again, I don't know uh, too much about Star Wars. Mm. It's just in my head that could be uh, some maybe something interesting there. Yeah, I, I, I can, and I can I hear see, you. I hear your point. Yeah, and I can see where you're coming from because it's not like, yeah, how should I say it? Like, it, it, it's not a bad idea. That's not what I'm saying. I can see where you're coming from, but yeah, for me, it always like lands back to would a 12 year old play this and yeah. go like, oh, that's cool. That's that's how I end with because like yeah. that's the more most important part of for me at least. Like, it has to be kid friendly because mm-hmm. uh, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, that would make sense. Yeah. So, we've been going on. Okay, the last one was like an hour, I believe, and this one is twelve minutes. So, an hour and twelve minutes. I don't know. Yeah. We've been going on for a while now. I feel yeah. like before we encounter another crash, because I don't know. I have this yeah. feeling it's gonna happen soon. And <laughs> um, do you have anything you want to add here at the tail end of the podcast? Any any game you've been wondering uh... if playing? Anything you want to share? Something you're looking forward to we could talk more about resident evil village if you want to because i can <laughs> yeah uh no thank you uh, no uh, well uh, i can add <laughs> uh, well i can add that uh, i'm looking f- forward to play hidden free at some point mm. especially because they they have the uh, vr component for the playstation oh yeah yeah that looks cool yeah and i've seen like you use like, your dual shock before yeah. to, to play with them yeah. and, and some interesting things that i, I really want to try very soon um, other than that, I'm looking very much forward to play Persona 5 Strikers, uh, which will be out oh, next yeah. month. You know, that's true. Yeah, I the, forgot the, about that game, honestly. Yeah, the Mushu uh, sequel yeah. to the uh, original, original uh, Persona, Persona 5. 5 yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's gonna be interesting. I know they're not, like they're not gonna have all the same systems and from Persona 5, but it seems like uh, what I've tried from the uh, demo uh, from Japan last year, it, it seems pretty fun and and very cool how they implemented the uh, uh, turn-based system from the uh, original games into like the Mushu action style game uh, so yeah and I've seen like it, the game is around 40 hours and hmm. any, that's a respectable any, any excuses for me yeah exactly right uh, but yeah any excuses for me to hang out with uh, uh, Ryuji and 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 all the others I'm down I did you play uh, Persona 5 dancing in Starlight as well then no, I haven't. So not any excuse. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, but yeah, I, I might actually play someday because like I heard like there's actually some story. Yeah. In that game. Yeah, I heard uh, like the story should be like very interesting as well because it's yeah. still a story-based game. It's just dancing instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so yeah, maybe I should give that a try someday. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. What, what what about you? I'm thinking of maybe picking up Bowser's Fury. Uh, Super Mario, yeah. new Super Mario 3D World uh, plus Bowser's Fury uh, on Switch. I've been looking at that because it seems like a fun game, and I have some friends that want to play it like multiplayer with me as well. So that sounds like mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, other than games, I'm looking forward to. It's funny like, the one game that keeps like that's still that I can keep thinking about is the Deathloop. Deathloop is probably still like oh, uh, definitely, yeah, definitely. is still on the top of my like most uh, excited for game other than Resident Evil Village. And right now, if you look at the date, we're recording this on the 30th of January, 2021. Yeah. 
which means in April the Final Fantasy VII Remake exclusivity is gonna be up and it's probably gonna come to PC so I'm thinking of picking that game up again and just going through it one more time just uh, and play it like with high fidelity graphics and 60 60 frames and all that jazz and I'm just like hoping to see more of the whatever it's gonna happen with that I think we're gonna hear soon actually uh, from the Final Fantasy VII Remake team I think it's gonna come up way sooner than we expect yeah, you think so? 2022. That's like the mm-hmm. max, like, thing. Uh, like, at yeah. the end, like, in the start of 2022, even. Like, in one year from now, we're going to be talking about what we want from part two. And we've seen trailers and such. That I'm 110% sure of. There's no way. Because they've already done, like, voice act. They've do, yeah, they've done voice acting for the game also mm. now. They've, during, like, during the pandemic, that? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the 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 voice actor and uh, the Japanese mocap voice actor for Tifa yeah. and Cloud, they posted pictures, and you can tell with like during, uh, like during this time, the pandemic, because they were wearing oh. masks on their faces. Okay. So yeah, and it was like it was back in the summer, I believe, even what I'm talking about. Like it was a long time ago they posted those images. So and they all t- they already talked about like they have the assets for the game now. They are gonna reuse a lot of assets yeah. because why not? Yeah, of course. It's yeah, not gonna yeah. be like from the ground up sequel uh, as oh. we've used to see from a lot of games. But it's gonna be more, uh, I think, what we see sometimes with Assassin's Creed that they just like reuse a lot of assets and make the next yeah. game. Or even how Resident Evil did it uh, from seven to two to three remake, like two and three remake. You can mm-hmm. tell like some there are some reused assets and they use them in like fun, clever ways as well. You're like, huh, I remember this. Uh, this was a big statue now it's just a small figurine stuff like that you know <laughs> yeah they reuse assets and it's fine like it as long as the game works and it's cool i don't care i don't need everything to be unique <laughs> so yeah this has been the game speak if you enjoyed what you're listening to here you're gonna find us probably on our new youtube page we're gonna create after this video we don't have anything right now but it's it's gonna be up if you follow us on facebook uh, at facebook the game speak you can uh, you could probably we're gonna put a link up there hopefully yeah. right yeah and also you can find us on uh, apple podcasts and spotify for all your listening need if you don't want to see our faces while we're talking because it's mostly that yeah. it's gonna be talking which, heads which, yeah which is understandable yeah to, to be fair. yeah uh, so uh, yeah don't yeah we, we, we're not gonna i'm not gonna take it personally yeah but um, also yeah yeah. And Castbox, yeah, of course, yeah. and Castbox, yeah, Castbox, yeah. Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Yes. So uh, you can find us there. Listen, have a great time, and we're gonna see you whenever we're gonna see you. And let's hope for no more crashes. Say it with me, everyone: no more crashes. <laughs> no more crashes. Yeah. See you, everyone. It's been a blast. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.